I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sinbin Rugby Podcast brought to you by the AI channel. With the World Cup pool stages drawing to a close, we're now going to focus on the knockout phase of the tournament and the, principally the quarterfinals. Joining me on the, on the podcast tonight, I have a great panel from uh, New Zealand. We have Mr. Andrew McGough, uh, who I'm sure will be talking all about the All Blacks. How are you, Andrew? All good with you? Yeah, good, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. Happy you scraped through the group then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, just a uh, skin of the teeth and all that. And from South Africa, we have Brent Fentner, um, who, who had a bit of a ropey start to the tournament, but has come back strong. How are you, How are you, Brent? All good with you? Yeah, great. Thanks, Dave. You ended up top in the group. Happy man? Not so much, but uh, we'll talk about that a bit <laughs> later on. <laughs> Listen, what we'll do, we'll, we'll just jump straight into it here, and, and I'm going to start with, with, the, with the first quarterfinal, uh, which is Ireland against Argentina, and uh, you know, I have a few thoughts on that of my own, but I'll come, I'll come to Andrew first. Um, you know, with your experience of, of facing the Argentinians in the group phase, I'm just wondering, what, what, how do you see this one panning out before I jump in on it? Oh, I, I still think that uh, the result will go um, Ireland's way, but I think um, they're in for a in for a tough test, particularly up front. Um, Argentinians, you know, they they've got a reputation as being the the scrum powerhouses, and I, I think uh, for them, they've probably come through quite well um, after the pool phase. Uh, they had their you know their biggest test up early, and then they were able to um, use the rest of the games to. Kind of get some confidence under their under their belts and and uh, play some really expensive rugby. Uh, but uh, one thing I think we found in the Four Nations this year was that they they know how to play a good powerhouse forward game, um, and uh, and they know how to control the ball well. It would have been quite interesting, I think, if we had seen the All Blacks and Argentina as the last game of the pool and just how how different the game might have been. 
So I think yeah, I think Ireland's going to be in for a big test. I I think a few people probably expect that um, Argentina will just roll over and, and Ireland will walk away with the victory. But uh, particularly with a couple of injuries that the Irish have suffered now, I, I, I think it could be um, yeah, it could be it could be a tight one. Could be squeaky bum time for a few of the Irish fans. No, I, I hear you on that. The Paul O'Connell injury is is huge, really. Um, you know, for me, but I do feel you know he was retiring at the end of the World Cup, and you have to you know you have to, you have to think of the positives here. We can't we can't change what happened, and um, you know he was going it was going to have to be life without him. We we we've went through this with O'Driscoll as well, and, and we've managed to survive. You know, Ian Henderson came on uh, for him and put in a massive performance, and, and which he has done a couple of times now in this World Cup. Um, you know, he is going to be a massive loss to Ireland, Paul O'Connell. But at the same time, it's maybe a silver lining that, that you know, we now proceed with with life after Paul O'Connell uh, and see what we can do. Uh, for, for, for you, Brent, how, how do you see the Ireland-Argentina game going? I've been pretty surprised with, with Argentina, Dave. Um, obviously, we, we, um, we, well, we being the box, struggled against them in the, in the, the championship and you know, I, I kind of put it down to um, the box being sort of underdone a bit, but I, I've been properly surprised at them in the World Cup. And, and if you look at the statistics, um, Argentina have scored the most points out of all teams in the World Cup, which which was a massive shock to me. Um, I pulled up the stats today to a bit of a rant about about the, the Heineken Mayer haters and top point scorers were Argentina. Um, second, well, sorry, third highest points, uh, uh, try scorers in the World Cup, Argentina. Another big one was clean breaks, top top clean breaks, Argentina. So, yeah, you know, you can say um, opposition and whatever else, but I really have been shocked at, at how good they've been um, going forward and attacking-wise. There was someone who posted some, some proper stats earlier on about... Um, you know, the different teams and whatever else. And in, in a number of the statistics, but like sports science-wise, not just, you know, these kind of straightforward um, stats, Argentina have been leaders. And obviously the Southern Hemisphere teams have been, I think the top four sides have been like top four and everything. Um, so if you asked me this a week ago, I, I would have said 100% Ireland would, would have smashed Argentina. But having looked at all these statistics and, and the numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking now, sure, um, Argentina might just uh, shock a few people. No, I hear you, Brent. Like, you know, Ireland have a sort of checkered history against Argentina. And, and what I, I don't know what, what you feel about this, but, you know, I've seen all of the Argentinian games. And, and while everybody's talking, you know, yeah, they have great forwards, it's a great platform. When the when the back, when the ball starts passing through the backs as well, they are fairly offensive and you know they're very very good. I, I know that we you know everybody sort of thinks when you the first thing Argentina you think of that pack and, and 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 what it brings. But this this team that they have at the moment seems to be very expansive in the backs and and they play good they play attractive rugby. Would you agree with that? Well, again, so another statistic, if, if you don't look at, at um, meters gained, you would assume meters gained would often be your backs. I mean, yes, your pack does grind out the meters, but Argentina have, have I suppose, have made 300 more meters than, than New Zealand have. Um, Ireland being third, the box being fourth. I think 
um, over 500 meters more than the Springboks have made. So you cannot put that all down to your pack. I mean, your backs have got to be doing something right to to be to be getting that many meters. So I've said it already, you know, opposition and whatever else. But sure, I didn't like that. I'm just I'm I'm actually blown away by how how good they've been in so many different areas of the game. No, I hear, but at, at the same time, you know, from, from a biased Irish point of view, you know, I, I do think we'll get past them. I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy game. Far from it. You know, once we once we reach the sharp end of it, now there's no easy games left. But I do think that the way that Ireland have been building slowly in this tournament, you know, okay, the O'Connell thing, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a, a kick to the line out. There's no two ways about it. Um, but I do think. I think the worry was whenever O'Connell went off and, and Saxon went off and then O'Mahony went off, those the, the latter two seem to be okay and, and should be back in the tournament. Uh, you know, if not in the next game, certainly if if they get to the semi final, they should be back. Um, you know, Saxon is is so important to Ireland, completely and utterly the, the key man. You know, he gains the yards, his, his kicking is very precise, very accurate, and you know keeps teams on the back foot. Without that, although Madigan did okay. You still prefer to see Saxon there for me, but um, Andrew, for you, um, do you, how much of a miss do you think Paul O'Connell will be in a leadership um, sense? Um, do, do you feel that Ireland will, will be a lesser animal without him? I think some of the older older heads like O'Connell, you know, it's just the uh, the drive that they can give and the leadership that they can give on the field, um, and you're not really going to know whether that's missed or not until the chips are down. If if, if Ireland go down, you know, they're down at half-time or, you know, they, they're they starting to, to get behind. It's, those are the sort of guys that can then lift the side and, and kind of clear their heads and, and uh, I guess, lift the, lift the spirits of some of the younger guys. So so that might be the only occasion. But, you know, I think, as you mentioned, I I think you've, you're probably pretty safe with your... Um, so his name escapes me. Who you, you mentioned will come in for him, but um, Ian Henderson. Ian Henderson. Played yeah, Henderson. Well. That's right. Um, yeah, but I think uh, yeah, I think I think the, the the time it might it might show is if uh, you know if if you're behind or or things aren't quite going Ireland's way, and you need that kind of uh, calm, experienced head just to to pick the spirits up a little bit. You know, I guess like what we have with, uh, you know, the the likes of the McCaws and the Conrad Smiths out in the backs and things like that, just a, a bit of a calming influence. But you know, there's no doubt he'll stay around the squad. Um, so you know, that if you, you do progress in the tournament, he's still going to be about the squad, um, and and I think that that's uh, you know that'll be crucial. No, absolutely. The advice he can he can pass on and just you, you know, just just the presence there alone helps. I'm sure. But uh, as I say, Ian Henderson has, has played a few times now in the World Cup, and, and he's, he's, he couldn't ask anything more of him. You know, obviously he doesn't bring that experience and that wise old head. And you know, O'Connell, you know, O'Connell at times is worth six points to you in a game just with that wise old head and playing the referee the right way. He can, you know, he, he, he can influence things, and I think it's the influence on the pitch that we're that, that Ireland are really going to miss. But as I said earlier, you know, this was something we had to we had to face after this tournament. Who knows? I, I, I'm hoping there can be a blessing in disguise that, that Henderson comes in and, and really comes up to the mark and, and really performs. Yes, it's a huge loss, but well, you know, you, on paper, Brent, you, you would have to say Ireland just about edge edge this one through. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, talk about stats and whatever, but stats, stats, we all know stats don't win a game for you. Um, it comes down to the players on the pitch and it comes down to execution on the day. Um, talk about O'Connell being a leader. I think if I compare them to, to sort of what I know about the swing box as well, um, you've got Victor Matfield in terms of that leadership role where he does bring a lot to the game. But the difference between Matfield and O'Connell is O'Connell brings a physical still as well, regardless of yeah, he's still his effective. age. And, still, and still totally effective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Victor's great as a leader. He's great in the lineouts. But in terms of that physical aspect, he can't bring it anymore. He, he, he's, he's lost a lot of it. Where O'Connell, I mean, he's still right up there with, with you know, pretty much most locks in the world in that, in that physical aspect. So I think he's definitely a, 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 big, a big miss for the team in general, not just his leadership skills, but, but also what he brings um, to, to, to the battle in the, in the tight. So, so, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely I'll go with you, Dave. Um, I, I did call Ireland as my, my sort of dark horse for the, for the World Cup. Um, I, can't see, I can't see them rolling over Argentina. It'll be a close match, but um, definitely, you know, Ireland to, to pip them probably by, I'd say, seven to eight. I would, t- I would take three at the moment. <laughs> I'll take the win in, in, in any capacity, you know, just, just to get the game out of the way. And, and as I said, it is the first game starting without O'Connell and so on. You know, and, and these games now are just knife edge. I, I don't see there, there being a, you know, any great, huge victory in, in, in the quarterfinal, semifinal or final. I think you're down at the business end now. It's, it, the margins have just got finer. Rugby's have game of fine margins to begin with, but, but they're much, much finer now. Uh, Andrew, for you, have you seen anything in the Ireland squad? I know that you have a, a sort of the dark horse uh, thing with Ireland, like like Brent. Have you seen anything uh, from what you've seen of Ireland that will concern you, or, or areas that, that, that the uh, the Argentinians could exploit? No, I think one of the things that really works in, in Ireland's favour is that they they've had a couple of tough pool games. I mean, as you, you say, with a couple of injuries that they've just suffered, it's it's not um, ideal, but. It, it does not like Sexton will be back, and I think that he, yeah, as you've already mentioned, Dave, is a, a plays a, a massive role in that Irish side. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think um, it could be a, a very different beast had uh, had he been out injured as well. Um, but I, I, I think um, that you know the victory over France would have given them a world of confidence. Um, France didn't really look like they showed up too much in that game, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think that victory would have done the Irish world of confidence, and and I I don't think they'll be uh, I think they'll be pretty confident coming into this game against the Irish, and yeah, I, I think uh, it all comes down to you know if they, if they do the basics right, then then as you mentioned on paper and, and like Brent just said on on paper, I don't think uh, I don't think it should be proved too much of a problem, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Irish will go through to the to the semi final stage. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned the French game. I was I was very impressed in how quiet they kept Michelac in that game. And I, I think it was, you know, there was a lot of talk before the game about Bastereau and Sexton, but really at the end of the day, our centre sort of nullified um, Michelac very, very well. Which, you know, from the game we had a lot of injuries, but that was a big positive that I thought because Michelac in the games leading up to that had, had looked pretty damn good. And he was very, very quiet against against Ireland alone. To be honest, the French weren't particularly good, which is a lovely segue actually into New Zealand, France. Um, and I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. You know, Andrew, 
you know I mean no offence by this at all, but what we've seen from the All Blacks so far has not been the standard of rugby from a neutral that, that I would expect to see from an All Black side. Would, would, that, would that be fair? No, has it? There's, um, and, you know, there has been a lot of uh, a lot of discussion here about it, and concern, and angst, and worry, and it's just just the basics is the issue. Like I think um, in the second half of the Tong game, I think that uh, that really we started to see a bit more of the All Blacks that we that we expect, and and I guess that I you know have to emphasise the expect part of it because. Um, you know, we've talked about this before in our previous pods. We do expect a hell of a lot of the All Blacks, but yeah, you know, for me, the concerns are just around you know around a few of the players, and you know just to, to pick out pick out a couple. Um, you know, first you know the injury to uh, to Woodcock is is a shame. Um, he's uh, you know he, he's been around for a, for a hell of a long time, and um, whilst you know that we do have. Thankfully, have some some depth. Depth, uh, you know, guys like that. You don't want their careers potentially to end, given that he's most likely to re- retire after the World Cup uh, through a, through a hamstring injury in the pool stage. Um, but you know, there's there's a couple of guys that we were starting to to have big concerns about, and they're um, Jerome Kono at six and Kieran Reid at eight. Kono in 2011 World Cup was. Uh, the enforcer really he he was absolutely outstanding and and just dominated throughout the tournament and and that's what we came to expect of him and he's been really quiet so far um, and he one of the big things about him is he used to give us a lot of that go forward ball anything that came down the blind side you knew that he'd deal with uh, and uh, he was the sort of guy that you know when the when the team needed a pick up would put on one of those those big tackles or you know, knock someone back and would turn over the ball and and um, you know that that's really something that's missing from his game at the moment. And the other Kieran Reid, I think against Tonga he dropped four to, for the ball four times cold um, under no pressure at all. And this is you know from a guy who again used to like to run the ball and get in the contact and his hands were usually pretty good. Um, and he, he actually is an outstanding player. Was was racking up the tries as well, and my concern is around the head knocks. He's he's had a few concussions, and it's just whether that's playing on the back of his mind and not wanting to, excuse me, take the ball up and and get involved in the um, in the hard stuff. And yeah, we have been sloppy, Dave, and and uh, I, I think from from a fan perspective, I'm kind of glad that the signs were were starting to. To be there at that in that Tongan game, that second half, we things started to click. We started to play it through the forwards a bit more, and and uh, you know the, the coaches have come out and and said, I guess that we've we've looked to take certain bits and pieces out of each game, and they're they're satisfied with where that is. Um, they they've been saying if the biggest issue is handling, then that's something that can be rectified. Um, but when you're in a bit of a lesser pool, I guess you have to try and take some positives out of each game. Um, and we don't know what they're working on, um, and just have to hope, I guess, that they know what they're doing. No, I hear um, you. I, th- I think yeah. for me, having watched the, the highlights of, of the All Blacks in the, in the Four Nations, and it, we spoke at the, on the preview pod that we did uh, at the start of the tournament, Andrew, about the speed of the recycling and how you, you know the, the All Blacks were just 
it just got faster and faster, and we've seen nothing of that. And these handling errors right. are just. They're just so uncharacteristic, you know, from a neutral. I love watching the All Blacks. It's a joy to watch. And it hasn't been this tournament. And and, and, I, and you know exactly what I mean with that. Yeah, um, I do, yeah. It, it, it's been a huge surprise because the All Blacks come into these tournaments so well prepared. They're, you know, they're so well up for it. You should have, you know, by right, you should have won more World Cups than you have. But you're always, a, you're always a joy to watch. You haven't been this time. And it's very different. It's a very different viewing experience for the rest of the world. Um, is there is there anything in the media there? Is there any hints or clues to what's going on? Obviously, it's not panic stations, as you say. The, the game against Tonga, the second half was very good, but it's still not the level that the benchmark that 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 you have set. Like you know, you set yourselves really as as yeah. a premier nation. Well, I think um, you know, I think that that's why this game against France could be interesting. You know, there's often that that scenario of you know you kind of you play to your opposition's level. Um, and you know when you, you know we, we mentioned this on the last pod. You know when you're playing the likes of of Namibia and uh, Georgia, you you kind of if you don't win by a hundred points, you know you you're lambasted, and if you do, well you get nothing out of the game, and everyone thinks what was the point of that. Um, so I guess from from my side, I'm just hoping that when we get to you know get to the the crunch and get to these sort of games, that our level does does lift. Um, and I guess we're not going to know until we we step out on the park and the game gets going. But yeah, I, I think that there's there's still plenty more in the tank. It's just whether I guess we can we can just um, deal with the team that's in front of us. And I guess this is uh, not wanting to sound like excuses. And I, you know, I think if had we been losing and, and been dumped out like what um, some sides have, um, that this might sound like an excuse, but. I think one thing that I've really noticed about this World Cup is just the amount of stoppages that there are. You know, and that uh And the length of them really as well. You know, there's that, some lengthy yeah, stoppages. That that's it. So when we were playing the Georgians, I think it was there's some stoppages there where, you know, it was minutes where they were just either the ref was trying to talk to the touch judges or a substitute was coming on and it was taking forever or you know, the we haven't. I don't remember any massively long TMO decisions, but there's there's just so much whistle and lengthy delay, and a team like the All Blacks that relies on that fast pace and momentum, uh, it it does just seem like it kills the game. It certainly kills the game from an interest point of view. Um, like I've found some of our pool games and some of the pool games in general hard to watch, just because of the length of the stoppages. Um, Can I and, jump uh, in? Um... Yeah, and you just just about the stoppages. I mean, it, it's it's so often like absolute rubbish as well. Um, I, I don't know if you remember George Ayew jumped in uh, in a buck game. I think it was against Scotland, where JP Peterson put in a fairly innocuous challenge, and George Ayew got into into um, Nigel Owen's ear, and Owen said, "I'm I'm happy with it. It's fine. Carry on." And he obviously just didn't stop. And eventually they stopped the game just to look at the stupid challenge, which eventually, because in slow motion it always looks ten times worse, became a penalty. And, and like you say, it's why it's 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 a waste of time. Um, and and like you say, some teams need that that continuity and that that sort of um, you know just the game must carry on and and be at a fast pace. And just it kind of breaks down. Everything that, that that the guys are are, are achieving, it, uh, I don't know why they have to do it. Let's just hope it doesn't uh, 
you know, it doesn't ruin a game too much when you're starting to get the business in. No, and it's a fair point. I'll stick with you, Brent, here. Um, what have you made of the old... You know, Andrew, Andrew said, you know, there's plenty still in the tank. I think the tank's pretty much full because they haven't... Uh, you know, maybe it is, they're a victim of this slowing down of the game. They haven't been able to just cut loose. And, you know, from my Irish perspective, I look at that, and if we progress in the tournament, you know, they are going to cut loose at some point, and I really hope it's not against us. But what have you made of it all, Brent, um, of the South Africa? I know, based on the shock that you had in the early tournament and the way you've bounced back, obviously we'll come to later, but what's your thoughts on it? Um, I had a chat with um, Cam, um, read from New Zealand uh, yesterday, actually, uh, Tuesday, and um, I said to him, so if, if, I'm a, if I'm a rugby fan from, from Southern Hemisphere and I'm supporting New Zealand, um, I would genuinely be happy with the space I'm in. Now, now, now we've kind of walked the group without too much effort. I mean, there's no surprises. There's no, you know, there's nothing where where the Kiwis have had to really fight and and tooth and nail. And it's been it's been fairly straightforward. Where there is a lot of space to improve, yes. But have the All Blacks had to improve? Eh, not really. So, you know, they're in a great space where they've played good enough rugby they've had no problem winning their their group they're pretty much gonna <laughs> only one way is up and if you compare it to a team like australia who have peaked right from the beginning they've played amazing rugby i would much rather my team is on its way up to peaking towards the final than my team has peaked at the start of the world cup and it is really hard to, to maintain that level of, of performance throughout the entire World Cup. I mean, I think everyone knows that. Talk about New Zealand not, not maybe performing the best. So points scored, New Zealand is third, and that's five points behind Australia. I mean, Argentina. Most tries scored, New Zealand. So for a team who's underperforming, in inverted commas, I, I would be happy with those numbers. Um, I'd yeah, I, there's far worse things to worry about. Um, like Andrew mentioned, like England, of course, who are out. I, I'd rather be supporting New Zealand than, than someone like England who supposedly came into the World Cup in, uh, in top form. So all going well for the Springboks and for New Zealand. We're facing each other in the semi-final, and I'm absolutely bricking it for that semi-final because... New Zealand will hit the straps, um, they will peak, and when it's important, when they need to peak, they will hit it, and yeah, um, I, I'm not confident for our chances. <laughs> tell, tell me this, what, what, what do you make of, I take it you're just writing France completely off then, Brent, you don't, you don't think that they're going to come up with, with, with any kind of performance or there's not a performance in them? Yeah, look, I... I, I I think a few years ago, there was, when I say a few, I mean quite a few years ago, there was possibly a, a bit of a hoodoo with, with France and New Zealand. Um, the last World Cup was in 2007, where, where uh, France knocked them out. Um, you guys can correct me. Coffee, yeah? Sorry, yeah, in 2007, yeah. Yeah. At, in Cardiff, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, 
was it was a pretty pretty straightforward forward pass and it shouldn't have never it should never have happened. So yeah, there's always talk and and the media will talk it up because they want clicks and they want the hits and the, you know they want the readers. I I don't think there's a genuine chance in hell that that France are going to come anywhere near probably 10 to 15 points from New Zealand. Um because New Zealand's a world-class team. They they they've pretty much walked the Tri Nations um not playing the greatest rugby in the world and oh, sorry, the rugby championship and yeah, um as good as France have been, New Zealand will take a step up and they'll just walk over them. Um, if I was Andrew and New Zealand, I, I wouldn't be stressing at all. Mate, the biggest issue we've got, though, is France. They don't fear the All Blacks like what some nations do. Um, and They pull up they stupid know. results as well, Andrew. They just they have the ability on the day. And, you know, from a Northern Hemisphere point of view, I, I'm putting this across... I appreciate, you know, it's different. I, I have nightmares when I see France because you know, and it goes for their club sides in, in the European Cup as well. You never know what you're going to get with them and, and they can frighten you. And, and we always talk about, you know, France have always got that one big performance. Um, and I hope they were going to have it against the Irish because they, uh, you just know that it's in them. Well, you expect that it's going to be in them. And so I'm just hoping that... Uh, that yeah, that this is not going to be their big performance, and that they go out before they get a chance to have it. I'm, I'm not sure I agree, guys. You. Um, you, you know, honestly, again, like a few years ago, France were. Yes, the rugby was professional in terms of the the strict definition of professional and being paid rugby players, but they were very amateur in terms of their 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 systems and the way they prepared for rugby matches. So you could have that. That, that match where they would just turn it on and, you know, the stereotypical France champagne rugby, sorry, French champagne rugby, and, and they, would, they would smash a team. And then the next match, they'd play the same team and just get absolutely destroyed because they didn't pitch up sort of mentally. I honestly think that part of becoming more professional in terms of the preparation and, and a more all-round professional rugby outfit, part of that has actually taken away some of that the potential to to have this in this unbeatable game I, I i think they've becoming professional they've almost coached some of that that ability out because they they're getting players to be a lot more um consistent mentally and i think that mental thing is a big thing for france when they when they're on mentally they could do it when they're off mentally they wouldn't do it and i think because they are a lot more professional in their approach that mentality doesn't always play into it as strongly as it used to. You know, the emotion and, and, the, and the sort of mental strength um, or, sort of, or mental fragility, probably. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys disagree with me? Well, I think, um, you know, we've, we've had some... Well, no, I, I, just to start with, yeah, it, it's, it's an absolutely an interesting, interesting way of looking at it. And I guess from... from uh, from the Kiwi perspective, and I remember. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I've been in, in Toulouse in 2007, uh, and we just played Romania uh, in the pool game. It was the last pool game, and the... The crowd started singing La Marseillaise and, and it was it was just uh, just sent shivers down your spine and, and talking to people after that game, talking to French fans and just saying you know the only team that we fear is you know is the French, um, and I I don't know I mean I I part of me expects that we could we could turn up on on Sunday uh, New Zealand time and and just blow them off the park and and win by twenty points. But there's always just going to be this niggling thing in the back of my mind, telling me that we've been up, we've been up by 20 points or so against them twice, and they've come back and beat us uh, in two World Cups. And uh, it's, there's always going to be that doubt in my mind. Where's uh, your team talk, Eric Goffey? You know, that, yeah. if, if you're the until that final coach. whistle goes. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there's going to be a few nervous players. But you know, I yeah, talking to a, to a few people, I think. You know, if if we were coming up against you know a few other sides, there'd be a bit more confidence, I think. But because it's the French, you always just have this little tendency to worry. Yeah, they're a, they're a very frustrating rugby nation because, as I say, even at even at club level, you never know. You know, they don't travel well at club level, um, but but they do have that ability just on one day. Although on watching the Ireland game, the Ireland France game uh, the week past there. I don't know. They they just collapsed. You know, it wasn't so much that Ireland were, were brilliant. The French basically collapsed, and you know, put it like this: if it was Ireland playing the All Blacks, I think Ireland would be in an awful lot more panic than the French will be for the weekend. If you know what I mean, um, the French will, will will view this a different way to, to 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 what the Irish would have had 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 the French have won the game the weekend past, and. You know, I, I think you're in for a tough game. I don't. I think. I think that all these quarterfinals are very, very close calls, very, very close calls. But I think this one is is maybe closer than. The, I expect the All Blacks to win. Don't get me wrong, um, and and maybe go from strength to strength after this. But I think this is a real difficult one for them. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, 
I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I uh, I think the key for the All Blacks is to not let France get their tails up, um, and and whether that be you know score score an early try, um, and just uh, you know settle our guys down a bit, um, take some of the emotion out of the game. Uh, but as um, you know, we, we don't you don't really want to end up on the back foot um, against these guys. But yeah, I. I think I think we will win. Um, we kind of talk about um, twelve and under and thirteen plus here when we're doing our uh, our betting. So yeah, I think it'll be twelve and under. But um, yeah, I, I think we should win. No, indeed. And I'm going to swing across now. You, you mentioned uh, crowds singing anthems. Uh, uh, South Africa have to face one of the, those great anthems uh, and, and the Welsh voices. How, how are you feeling about it, Brent? Um, are, are you, you know, South Africa had that disastrous defeat to start the tournament. But fair play to them. They've come back and they haven't half stuck a lot of points in a lot of teams. Um, and, and, they, and they look pretty good. What, 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 what's your feeling going into the weekend? Dave, why do we bring this up every time? Yes, we lost to Japan. Uh, why? Uh, no, uh, why do we talk no, about it every time? <laughs> because it, it's it, funny. It's funny. No, Come it's on, funny. it is funny. It's remarkable. <laughs> as, as world sport goes, it's a remarkable result. I, I'm, but I'm focused now on, on the response because I feel that the response to that result. Come on, you've topped the group. Jesus, it's. It's the kick in the backside you maybe needed that's going to be the catalyst that may win you a World Cup. Surely that's that's the way to think about it. You know, you, you don't want to wipe that out. And your history, it was the catalyst that set you up. Yeah, look, I, I think it did show. I think it did show the players and the, and the management a, a lot about um, the 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 complacency. Um, I, I don't know if it's fair to say they were complacent after we lost to Argentina for the first time. You know, in the, in, the, in the championship. I'm 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 quietly confident against Wales. Um, I think the nice thing about about South Africans in general, we we see ourselves as quite um, quite strong mentally. We bounce back strongly from defeat. If I say if, if, when I talk about strong mentally, um, obviously the reaction after the Japan match was pretty impressive. I think I think Samoa got the brunt of it. Physically, we were amazing. I think creatively, creatively, we were amazing. Um, Scotland was, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was a good enough performance, um, and I think that that probably affected our game against USA, where we seemed to revert slightly to that that same kind of game plan as Japan, um, complacency, probably a bit of arrogance. And we struggled. Um, we couldn't turn the ball over. We spent most of the half defending. Um, obviously, there were harsh words said in the second half, or in the halftime break, because second half, we just absolutely demolished them. So it's almost about which team performs or shows up against Wales. I think the Welsh injuries could potentially negatively affect us in terms of Again, the complacency, um, but the fact that it's Wales and the fact that they beat the English should hopefully sort of counteract that that complacency attitude. Um, and personally, I'm I'm, I'm pretty confident. Um, I think Wales have probably had the best defence in the World Cup so far, from from what I've read, um, just with points differences. But they've struggled to create. 
uh, try scoring opportunities. Whereas if you look at the other side of the, the, the coin, the, the, the Springboks have really done extremely well with creating try scoring opportunities. So it's one team who, who've created a lot and one team who've defended really, really well. It'll be, it'll be an interesting matchup. I think it might come down to who, who converts the most points with the boot. Um, Andre Pollard's kicking has been inconsistent, um, whereas Bigger has been pretty much 100%, not, not quite, but his little... His little very, very impressive. Quite well very impressive. Him. Yeah, his, exactly. His little, his little Macarena seems to do quite well for him. So, yeah, if, if I'm going to predict, I, I'm going to say nine points, and that's all going to be down to the boot. Not, not the, um, not ball in hand. Do you not feel, uh, for for me, Brent? Uh, you, you know, I look at the Welsh and and, and you, you saw the elation getting past the English, and you know they're they're coming in there. Okay, they're decimated with injuries, but there just seems to be a bit of a belief in them there, and this makes this quarter final probably for me the hardest to call. It, it, to me, it's a coin flip. I think the, the the Welsh attitude at the moment they're going to be very very hard to break down. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not going to be as easy as 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 um, just walking points past them. Um, you know, it's one thing to create the opportunities; it's another thing to to put them away. My concern is some of the 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 big Welsh backs. I think I think um, North is going to test us heavily. Jesse Creel is a stunning uh, a rugby player, but I, I I do think he might he might struggle against a man that size. You know, Damien Delinda, he is, you know, really good going forward. He has had the odd defensive laps here and there. So, you know, there's a slight question mark there. Um, but again, that's why I say it's down to the boot. If, if we can convert our chances just, you know, penalty-wise penalty wise, um, and whatever conversions come our way, I, I think we'll do it. But I think watch for a couple of hundred Pollard drop goals. I can see him dropping deep a couple of times and, and just trying to put those points over because we will be frustrated in the 22 trying to, to you know, um, finish a try. And when the options run out, which I'm sure they will, he'll have to step up and, and um, hit a few drop goals. Oh, that's cool. For, for me, I think what, what South Africa are dealing with with a very different kind of Welsh animal. The minute you know, the, you talk about the crowd playing a part. I think this crowd's going to—they've just qualified for the first time in their history for the football for the European Championships. They've just got past England in the group phases. Like as a nation, they are absolutely bouncing at the minute. And, and Andrew, from another neutral point of view, for me, I just see. If I had to predict, if I had to put money one way or the other, at the minute, I would go with Wales, and I don't know why. And it's just because, as a nation, they're just on a crest of a wave at the moment, and, and they might just have enough to just sneak past South Africa. What, what's, your, what's your opinion on it, Goffey? I, I just, um, I, I think it's kind of been a bit of a fairy tale for for the Welsh to, to get this far. Gently, guys. No, I'm saying to get this far. <laughs> <laughs> that's not to say that that's what I think. You know, I think for them it's been, um, you know, to to better the old foe in the uh, in the pool phase, and you know they. I think that the biggest issue for them could come down to these um, these injuries. Um, I mean, I know I got they got to the semi final stage in, in 2011, lost by one point to uh, to the French, um, but. Uh, 
With that, I'm not going to get splinters in my ass in this one and, and uh, sit on the fence. I, I really think that the box will, will come away with this. I, I think they had their frightener and their wake-up call early. Um, and uh, I, I think that they'll just, um, you know, they, they really would have learnt from that. Some of the um, the older heads in there would have put a rocket up the ass of some of those other guys. And and I really feel that, um, you know, they, they would have learnt from that. Um, I, I think it, it will be a tight game and... and you know, I agree with what you know. Both of you said that it could come down to, you know, to the to the three pointers. Um, but uh, there's just something in the back of my mind that just, you know, ever since that um, hiccup early on for the box, that that this was going to be a tournament where they're going to lay down a marker. And having played them so so often in the in the four nations, um, tri nations before that. You know what you're going to get, and you know that they're not going to lie down. And and um, when they're cornered, they're going to fight. And and I, yeah, you know, I I do wonder whether the emotion that Wales has laid out in the pool phase and and having two massive games and getting out of the pool and having these injuries is just you know a bit of a bit of a perfect storm just to go out with a whimper. God, I, I hope it's not after all they've been through. You know, if, if they go out, I hope they go down. And I say, whatever way this game goes, I see it being very close. I don't see the, I don't see the Springboks run, running over them unless something drastic happens. Um, you know, I, I appreciate times on marching on this, Jess. I want to get to, to, to Australia, Scotland. I'll, I'll stick with you, Goffey. Uh, again, from your from your neck of the woods, I think this is probably the we'll, we'll all be in agreement on this one. I think that from what we've seen from Australia so far and the size of that team. They're not going anywhere but the semi-finals. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I think um, this is probably the uh, the quarter-final that's you, you'd probably say is the easiest to call, um, and and probably the easiest route to go from here. I mean, I, yeah, I just that you know Scotland's played all right. You know, they got out of the the pool. They'll be happy with that. Um, they, you know. The, the, High-scoring, tough, tough win over the the Samoans, and you know that that would have uh, you know done wonders for their confidence. But you know we've we've talked about um, the way Aussie are at the moment, and and I want to echo what Brent said earlier about you know it's it's tough to to be at your peak at the start of the tournament, and then it's a long tournament to try and carry through right you know carry that form right the way through. But you know I really I can see actually. Um, Aussie putting on a big score here against the against the Scots, and it just been a completely one-sided game. No, sadly, I, I can't disagree with you on that. You know, I think you know taking the last few Six Nations into consideration, where Scotland are in this quarter-final will represent progress for them. Um, you know, at least they're starting in the right direction. I'd love to see Scotland doing well. You, you know, it, oh, I'd love I, to see. I would. There's nothing. I, you know, a bit of a Kevin Keegan moment. There's nothing I'd love more than the Scots to beat the Aussies here for the Aussies just to completely blow out and uh, you know they've lost to them before under Robbie Deans I think it was I'd you know I just there's nothing I'd want more than the Scots to win this especially you know I've got Scottish heritage but uh, just this is the I think this could be a massive mismatch no, I, sadly, I have to agree with you on that one. I mean, as much as I would love to sit here and big Scotland up on this one and say that you know it's going to be, a cl- I, I just don't see it as even being a close one. Um, Brent, where, where are you on this one? You know, you, you played them in the in the group phases. There uh, was there anything that you saw could be a glimmer of hope for them, maybe against the, the Australians? Absolutely not. I think um, Australia's defence has been phenomenal this World Cup. I think Scotland's attack has been pretty toothless. 
well, they did score against us, but you know, intercept and whatever else. I yeah, I I can't see Australia losing this one at all. Um, I think, like Andrew said, it's pretty much the most straightforward uh, quarterfinal. It's Australia through to the semi-finals, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it and I. I hesitate to say it, but I, I think it might be a bit of a thrashing for for Scotland. Unfortunately, we don't want to see massive scores in the quarterfinals, but I, I do see a good a good um, a good thrashing for for Scotland. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Just Australia have just become this this force suddenly um, since Czech has taken over, and and if they continue in this form, I think most teams will struggle to beat them. On any day, um, possibly, you know, the All Blacks, you know, in their peak form would, would beat them, um, but I don't think many other teams would. Yeah, it's an interesting point as well. I think Andrew touched on it earlier, and we'll take a bit of a look at it, about peaking too soon in this tournament. Um, you know, because I think, you know, the years that the All Blacks have fallen uh, in previous World Cups, they have played champagne rugby from the from from the kickoff and haven't grown into a tournament. They've come into it and, and blown themselves out nearly in the course of a tournament. Do you see that as a danger? Maybe not for this game, Brent, but certainly for the semi-final. The Aussies have had a real tough group. They had Wales, they had England. They had, you know, and okay, whilst they have the easier quarter-final, it's still going to be a physical test for them against Scotland. Have they peaked too soon? Do you think? This is their peak. Maybe they're going to go down. Yeah, nail on the head. I think what you said about um, New Zealand having peaked from game one, every World Cup. Um, I know it's a different sport and it's a different team, but but the the Pro Tiers cricket side do exactly the same every World Cup. Just absolutely smash everyone out of sight in the in the, in the group stages, come down to knockout and fail miserably. It is hard to maintain a standard throughout the World Cup. Um, New Zealand have done it the last few World Cups and I really do see um, Australia doing the same thing now and I'm, I'm actually praying it's going to happen because I, I cannot stand Australia and if they somehow win this World Cup I'm, I'm, I don't know, I don't know I'll, I'll drink myself into a coma probably for the next week um, just so I don't have to listen to the garbage on, on social media can I just touch on a point, just going back to this um, peaking, and, and I want to, it's like uh, stabbing forks into my eyes, but take you back to the um, 2003, um, whilst it's a, a while ago, in the in the Tri-Nations there, um, we put 50 points on the box, 50 points on Aussie, um, uh, and then we, we uh, went and played Aussie in the semi-final of the Rugby World Cup, and they turned us over. Um, and you know you put in 50 points on a side like Aussie leading into the World Cup, you know that filled the team with a hell of a lot of confidence. But um, you know we we just did peak way too early, and and I think we just um, we took things a little bit for granted, and and uh, you know turned up with a sense of expectation and a sense of right, and we right we uh, we got put on their backside. So um, yeah, I, I think you know I expect Aussie to go through. But I also think that if they do, then then that'll be um, that'll be their tournament. Uh, you, do, you don't see them. You, you wouldn't see them getting through a semi-final, then, Andrew. You think that this is, you know, we've reached the peak and we're on the way down. 
I think that that could be it. I think, you know, I don't think it's going to do anyone any good to, you know, they could win this game by 30 points on the weekend, and I think that's probably, will probably be to their detriment um, than than to be helpful. But, yeah, because what they'll get, uh, they could get you lot. Dave, is that right? Could have the Irish. Yeah, and uh, you know what? That, that, doesn't, that yeah. doesn't fill me full of dread. You know what I mean? Her record. No, well, yeah. It's it's a home game for us whether we're playing in Australia or anywhere in the world. It's a home game for us. Yeah. You know, we have so many bloody Irish everywhere, um, and you know, always remember the MCG um, playing in Australia in the MCG. I think one time, and and there was more Irish there than there was um, Australians because of the amount of, of Irish that actually live in Australia. So you know, Australia doesn't bode. You know, don't get me wrong. Wonderful, wonder wonderful rugby football team. But they don't hold the same fear for me as as the All Blacks do, as the Springboks do, because our history against them is is that little bit kinder, I suppose, and certainly a recent history. But uh, you know, I think that, that that group of death that we talked about, there, there was a lot of big games in there, and they took they took those games by the scruff of the neck. The Aussies really have have you know performed really really well, and and it is it's my hope, I suppose, at the end of the day, get them in the semi final and then get you in the final. Yeah, I don't. I, I do think that this will be. Uh, maybe it's my slant against against Australia, but I, I do feel that this could be their um, their last game in the tournament. Um, you know, as in they'll win it uh, and then then drop out in the semi final stage. And Brent, for you, where do you where, where do you stand? Neither one of you like the Aussies very much. I I, I don't mind them, but <laughs> you know, it's funny to hear you say, "Oh, I hate this. I hate that." You know, in the Northern Hemisphere. Before you go to Brent, I just want to. Can I just touch on one thing just before oh, you go to Brent, and that's um, that's on this uh, the suspensions thing that the judiciary work on. I mean, they well, seven hours deliberation, longer than what England were in the World Cup, just to to review one punch, uh, and then suspend the guy for a week, uh, and then you've got like Pocock, blatantly knees a guy, provoked but knees a guy, doesn't even get cited. Uh, and it's it's over the media everywhere, and you got Tuilangi. What well, suspended five games um, for? What well, I I understand to be, I haven't looked actually looked into it, but whether it's raising a knee in a tackle, but it, there's just so much inconsistency. I just uh, you know you you losing a guy, the Irish losing a guy for a punch for a week, and Pocock getting off without without squat for a knee. Um, I, I I really hope that uh, these next few games aren't. Uh, ruined again by an inconsistent judiciary. No, I hear you. And you know something? I think it goes for all sports, whether it be football, rugby. All we as fans want to see from from the officials is, is consistency, and from from you know the associations exactly. that run these sports is a level of consistency. What goes for one needs to go for the other. And you know, it's, it's very un- what you just cited there is very unfair. Um, you know, and especially. In rugby, especially, that we have the TMO, that these things can be reviewed at the time, afterwards, and still the inconsistency exists. Brent, what, what do you think? It's ridiculous. I think um, so often these these citing commissions and you know reviews, whether it's football, rugby, whatever the story is, they, they're balanced by so many laws and rules about, well, if it wasn't brought up during the game, and you know if X and Y didn't see it after the game, and and, and so often common sense does not prevail. So you're telling me that the IOB has seen Pocock near guy, maybe through social media or whatever the story is, and they haven't thought, 
sure, this guy needs to be needs to be cited. But because it didn't it didn't you know follow sort of their little stupid rules for citing, they can't do it. And again, so where's the common sense? You know, the guy deserves to be banned for probably three weeks. Um, so because of their stupid rules, they can't now sort of have him up for it. Um, yeah, it's just rules over common sense, and it, it, it frustrates you know pretty much every fan in the world. I, I mean, I, th- I think I, I can look back to Bucky's Buerta. I don't know how many matches he's played against any team in the world, and he could do the smallest little thing, and he'll get cited and banned, and you get someone else doing ten times worse, and they get completely let off scot-free. So um, you can ask pretty much any Springbok fan. We always feel hard done by with the citing commission. So in this case with Pocock, you know, if, if one of our players gets banned in the next game for something minor, you will see social media explode with with um, moaning about about the the citing commission. So it's, it's brought up a massive debate here about the how the tier two nations are treated, um, particularly around this Tuilangi thing. Um, you know, and, and they talk about. Um, you know the the punch suspension being reduced because the guy showed remorse. I mean that's that's just pathetic. And seven hours in deliberation for 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 something. But yeah, that's but this big debate against tier, how how tier two nations are being treated um, in general. I mean that's a discussion for another day. I think because um, you know I think that the uh, the fixtures that these guys um, get you know turnaround times and things like that are all um, heavily weighted in tier one nations' favour. But yeah, that's probably aside the point for now. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh, fingers crossed anyway that um, there's not a, a referee or a judiciary howler that affects um, that affects some of these um, massive games that are about to come up. No, and indeed, and I know Brent, you're 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 mad about officials, and you're you're <laughs> you're, you're never impressed with the rugby officials. But listen, we're, 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 time's marching on. Let's just, is there anything else that, that, that you want to bring up? Anything you want to cover before we close here? I'll come to Brent. Anything at all? Um, no, I'm good. I think, I think um, in terms of officials, if I was being refereed by Nigel Owens in the World Cup quarterfinal, I'd be pretty happy. Um, Wayne Barnes, I, I've, I've hated the guy for many years. However... In recent times, he has become a lot more consistent. Um, I'm not entirely happy about about having a Northern Hemisphere referee, you know, ref my game. But you know, if roles were reversed and it was a Southern Hem- Hemisphere referee, Wales would be pretty upset as well. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, kind of go for it. I'm not sure who has the other two quarterfinals, guys. If you do, you know, Aussie Scotland. Craig Jubeer, he's uh, well, he's probably the premier referee for me. Yeah, um, that'll be that'll be a fair a fair contest referee wise. And Jerome Gass is as the uh, Irish Argentina game. <laughs> so, good luck, Dave. I've got that unlucky, one there. Unlucky guys. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> No, that, that's, that's grand, guys. Listen, as I say, time has marched on us here, and uh, you know I appreciate Andrew getting out of his bed at 5am to come and do these podcasts. Uh, fantastic. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Listen, guys, is there anything you, you want to plug? Uh, any plugs you've got for, for us? Uh, I'll come to Andrew first. 
Uh, I'll just say if um, if this uh, if we lose against these frogs, I won't be appearing on another another one of these podcasts. I'll be too busy crying. But uh, no, I just want to. Um, there's just one more. If you're a New Zealand rugby fan, um, head over to the uh, the Sports Freak uh, Twitter account at Sports Freak Co NZ. Uh, Graham puts a lot of uh, well, covers a lot of different sports. Um, on his blogs and and uh, through his Twitter account, but there's been a lot of rugby ones appearing over this um, over this tournament. And yeah, you if you're uh, into your uh, other sports, your football, your your cricket, um, he's definitely a great a great one to follow. No, that's cool. And yourself, Brent, have you anything for us? Um, yes, actually, it's, it's this is not at, this is actually a bit surprising from my side. Um, the X. Referee Jonathan Kaplan is on Twitter, um, and I must say I really enjoy following him because he he has got no reason to be biased. Um, he's obviously no longer an official referee, you know, as a retired ref, and it's really interesting to kind of read his comments during the games um, on on referee calls. So have a look there at Ref JK. And on hindsight, yeah, I'll second that one. Really... I'll second that one. Actually, he's a yeah. Yeah, he's a bloody good follower. I didn't actually yeah. realize. I didn't actually realize he was on Twitter. That, that would be fascinating insight, um, especially if he's yeah. tweeting yeah. during the games. It, it, it'd be, it'd be very very interesting to see from a professional. You know, yeah. it's one thing to be a fan, how a fan's eyes. It's another thing to you know, another referee watching and commenting on it. That's quite interesting. I think for me, the only thing I'm going to plug today is uh, WFI, World Football Index. It's, it's another podcast we do, and we've covered the Euro 2016 quite extensively this week. A couple of pods coming out on that. We have another one out uh, on the Brazilian leagues. If uh, you know, if, if that's your thing, go ahead and follow it. And also to download the AI app. Um, the AI channel app, which is a wonderful piece of kit, free download, lots of content, lots of different diverse content as well. We've got games, we've movies, t- entertainments, there's something there for everybody, uh, and of course football as well. Um, so as I say, other than that, it's just left for me to, to, to thank the panel, as always, as I say, Goffey, big effort, much appreciated, mate. And see That's all good, mate. I love coming on, great pod, great idea. Uh, awesome well, chatting with you guys. Feelings mutual, mate. And um, I'll say we'll have a chat after these and, and have a bit of a look at the semi-final. And I've no doubt that you'll be with us, Goffey. Absolutely no doubt. I, I don't think the French are, are any great licks at the minute. And, and yourself, Brent. Always a pleasure talking to you. And, and good luck for the weekend. I know I've, I've gone for Wales, but it's, it's a very close one to call. And, and, and we will probably be talking again in reality. Thanks, guys. As usual, good chat. Nice to talk about rugby with guys. You kind of have an idea of what's happening. That's cool. Listen, and just to thank everybody, all our listeners, for, for, for tuning in to us again. We will be back. We had a bit, had a bit of a, a break there, but all normal services resumed. Uh, and I'll say we'll, we'll have a review here of, of the games that take place at the weekend and a bit of a look at the semi finals for the following week. So it just leaves me to say goodnight to you. Thank you for listening.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.